What is up, y'all? I hope you are enjoying your week thus far, that you're staying safe, healthy, and also counting your blessings that you do have. I know a lot can seem to be going wrong, but sometimes we forget about what's going right. So I urge you to remember that. And by us, I'm talking to me too. Okay. And on today's episode of Now That's Life, my amazing guest, who is also my sorority sister of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated, and I will be discussing how to climb the career ladder, no matter your work and how to survive and dare I say it, get along with your boss along the way. I mean, who would have thought it? <laughs> but you all are in for a treat, and I feel you when you will enjoy this episode, especially in times like these that are uncertain. We can still make strides and achieve what we desire. And I feel today's episode was really eye-opening for me, just some topics that I needed to refresh on. So even I am sitting back and listening to the episode and making sure I soaked up all the wonderful jewels that were dropped here. So Let's get into it, y'all. I'm your host, Dr. Nina Ellis Hervey, a licensed clinical and school psychologist in the states of Texas and Louisiana, a nationally certified school psychologist, a licensed specialist in school psychology, a certified professional life coach, a clinic director, and also an associate and tenured professor. And this is the Now That's Life podcast. And while I want this podcast to be a helpful and a great resource to you, it is not meant to be a substitution for a relationship with a licensed mental health professional. Let me again thank you all for all the love and support over on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and here on the podcast. And also your continued support over on the courses, like taking the Supernatural video course and making sure you write in and respond to the emails that come out weekly or bi-weekly. You guys are amazing. I thank you for the support. I will never forget the love and, and the support and the sharing that you do and I appreciate it continue to tag and share you heard it you heard it first here you don't have to ask me please do I enjoy it and I retweet and repost a lot of those shares so thank you all for all that you do and today's episode is really important and and mainly I say all of them are important but they are I try to bring y'all important stuff come on I'm just saying, uh, but today is all about climbing that career ladder while surviving. And I put that in quotes, your boss with ease. You know, a lot of times we find that we are sometimes preventing ourselves from being successful. And also it takes getting along with others around us in order to be successful. You can't get through this thing alone. So I urge you all to hear the things here, but Dr. Ashley is joining us today, and I'm going to tell you a little bit more about her before we dive into this episode. And Dr. Ashley Ashire is a career development mentor who teaches highly motivated professional women to identify their career area of impact, manage up, 
get their ideas heard at work and get paid for the value that they bring to the organization. In addition to her work in career development, she is also a co-host and founder of School and Life Podcast and the Senior Director of Student Affairs at an R1 institution in the Northeast. She holds a PhD in Educational Leadership and is an adjunct professor in the university's College of Education as well. With more than 10 years of professional experience in corporate, nonprofit, and educational leadership, Ashley uses mentoring to serve women and teach them how to leverage their leadership skills to thrive personally and professionally. And boy, are we excited to hear all the things she has brought for us. And without further ado, let's get into this episode. Hello, everyone. I am so excited to have you all here today. But not only that, our guest today is yet another person that I've known and had the blessing of knowing personally. Um, so personally that we are not only sorority sisters, but we lived together uh, in the past and have come from similar places in the world. We've gone to the same undergraduate institution, um, also had similar paths in education. I am just excited because I get to sit with people that do so many cool and exhilarating things. And I've already read the bio of Dr. Ashley Adams, and I want you all to hear from her who she is and what you should know about her before we get into this juicy topic of climbing that career ladder and not only doing that, surviving your boss with ease while doing so. So I want to first thank you, Ashley, Dr. Ashley, for being It is amazing to have you. And we're so excited. Could you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Thank you, Nina, Dr. Nina, so much for having me. I'm so thrilled to be here and really just honored to um, connect with your audience in this way. I'm Ashley, Ashley Ashire, and I am really committed to serving women at a high level. I teach highly motivated new and mid-level and even senior level professional women really how to identify their career area of impact, to manage up, and to get their ideas heard at work so they can get paid for the value that they bring to organizations. And it's addition to my work in mentoring. I'm a podcaster with School and Life Podcast, which I've been hosting um, for a little over three years. I'm a big sister, the vice president of the Beehive, and an empath that is committed to serving God and serving women through my work. Um, And I'm really honored to do that work every day. And we are honored to have you. And you wear many hats. And over here, we love that. We love the many hat wearers that do it well. So I should also mention that not only does she wear many hats, she balances this all very well and knows how to handle that while handling those who look to her for her strengths. And also is very clear about what hasn't been her strengths in the past and how she's worked on that. And you know, we appreciate that with the beautiful brown baby doll clan and the Dr. Nina clan. So we are happy to have you with that. So one thing I want to start off with is, hmm, The times are how they are right now. And I feel like a lot of the things you teach apply for the times we're in now and the times we've been in before this and definitely the times after. So if we had to ask you your number one advice for these entry level professionals, and then we'll move on to our mid-level to advanced, what would be one of the number one things you would tell them right now to seek out or to do? 
Yeah, I think the number one thing that new professionals really need to leverage to move from where they are to where they want to be in their careers is to lead from where they are. Too often, new professionals, and I'm specifically talking to those folks who have five or less years of experience in their industry, new professionals often feel like, well, I'm new here. I'm just getting my feet wet. You know, I'm still learning the ropes. I'm not really well known in the industry. And they often don't feel like they have a lot of value, right? Like they have a lot of value to add to the organization, to the industry. And so what I really want those women to know is that you are a budding expert. You have a lot of value, a lot of expertise, and you need to leverage what you know, what you have, what you can do for an organization to get what you want right now. Not in six months, not in two years, not after your next degree or credential, but right now you are adding immense value to these organizations right now. And how do I know that? Because you're still employed. So if you are still employed, Mm. you are adding immense value and it's the time right now for you to leverage what you already know to get what, what you want. Ooh, that's powerful. And I, I want to dig deeper into that. What do you feel is that, that, um, that thing that holds uh, that level of professional back when it comes to considering themselves a budding expert? What is something that you feel that they're missing in their arsenal or in their self-esteem, their growth? What what is one of those number one things you're seeing with your clients and with others that you serve? Sure. So I'll be really blunt, um, Dr. Nina, white supremacy has done a number on the lived experiences of Black women in this country. And so it's not the lack of Black women, but it's the perception that they have to do more, earn more, be more than what they already are to get what, what they want. We know that Black women are out earning degrees at higher education institutions in this country than any other racial group, and that's men and women. We know among Black people that Black women earn 65% of the degrees attained by Black folk. There is no lack of skill. There is no lack of expertise. There is, there is the, the heavy hand of white supremacy and its ugly stepchild imposter syndrome that is holding Black women back from like from doing the real work um, of advancing in their careers. And so what I do as a mentor, as a career development mentor, is allow a space of vulnerability for Black women because you don't have mm-hmm. to be strong in my programs. You don't have to be, the, you don't. You can take off the cape, sis, go ahead and fold it up and put it in the linen closet because when you work with me as a mentee, you're going to be in a space of vulnerability so that I can teach you strategy, leveraging and positioning to use what you already have, all those degrees, all those credentials, all those workshops that you already led to use all all of that to get what you want in a system that's not designed for you to win. Okay. I was over here about to shout, Dr. Ashley. I'm going to tell you that. And, And let me say this. I have people that tune in from all across the world. Thank God. So let me let let us explain in your words as a person who works with career development and understands the ins and outs of um, you know the racial divide, also how it affects us and affects many. Um, and and we also have white people who listen 
and, you know, grateful that they want to learn or grateful that they want to engage and can learn from a conversation as well. Could you express to the audience what the definition of white supremacy is and how that works into this discussion? Sure. So white supremacy is basically a systematic um, framework uh, that privileges white people and um, uh, Eurocentric beliefs and ideals and cultural norms over anyone else's. Um, And it is a central tenet of racism, bias and discrimination. Um, And Black women in particular, um, so my primary audience and the primary folks that I serve, um, are are impacted by white, by white supremacy in a real way. And that dates back to like slavery, right? Like this is not, this didn't just pop up in the 2000s. Um, You know, black women were always working, right? Um, You know, in this country, but they weren't, their work wasn't seen as valuable or meaningful, whether it was in the house or in the field. Um, And then, you know, as we turn to the suffrage movement in the 1920s, right? Where we're talking about black women, um, you know, like marching for freedom. I, I think about um, Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated and Delta Sigma Theta uh, Sorority Incorporated who were on the front lines marching in the suffrage movement, but weren't recognized. You know, they weren't on the rolls because of their identity, right? And so we we see Black women in their work and 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 and, and that like being erased again. Um, you know, we think to, to more modern movements, Black women either have to be Black or they have to be women. Right. This is why we have say her name, because we don't get to be victims of police brutality. We still got to yell our names like in in that space, even though and even though we're the ones developing and designing hashtag Black Lives Matter. Right. But they, it, we don't even get to use the term when it comes to us because um, of white supremacy, even like black men um, benefit from it because they are they are male. And so the, the world of work is situated right in that too, right? Like the world of work mm. is exempt from racism. Um, and even for my high achieving black women, and honestly, I serve, oh my God, Dr. Nina, I serve so many high achieving women and too often they are credential chasing themselves into the ground. And I'm like, sis, you haven't leveraged the bachelor's degree that you already paying for. Why are we seeking a PhD? And as two PhDs, we know the value of PhDs. We're grateful that we have them, but I want women to learn how to use these credentials and certificates and degrees that they already have before going out and getting new ones. And I want, you know, for our, our, um, our colleagues, white women in particular to, um, seek out opportunities to amplify our work, to amplify our voices and to, um, bring us into conversations that they're in so that they're not just talking in an echo chamber, but we are really leveraging diversity, equity, and justice, um, in the world of work as well. That is amazing, Ashley. And I mean, I'm going to take it back to a little old hood classic. We've heard it before. Use what you got to get what you want. But not only that, not what you're going to get to get what you want, what you got, right? Right. (laughs) Amen. Um, And so you're you're right. I see that often. And I, I feel that when people come to me, it's usually that idea of where I'm going to get or where I'm going to be. Um, when you're talking about these entry level professionals, how do you focus their minds back in to where they are now? Yeah, I think it's through um what I call um value and skill articulation. So often 
when you are, you know, coming up and you're growing and developing as a professional, um, you, you know, you think about the most common things that people say they look for. Okay. They're looking for uh, a team player and they're looking for somebody who's creative and they're looking for somebody who's a self-starter. And that's cute. And that's good. If we are applying for entry level, you know, uh, you know, first job out of um, high school or college type of positions. But when, when women are really seeking those higher level, higher impact, well-paid jobs, we're going to need to have a higher level of skill articulation um, in a more meaningful way. Like we can't be playing with the, you know, I am a creative thinker when we're searching for six-figure jobs, right? Like it's time to really be positioning ourselves as the the experts or budding experts that we are. Um, And that's why I, my, through my mentorship platforms, and through the Mentor Me brand, I'm really intentional about helping my mentees articulate the value that they bring to organizations. Too often, they, they're doing high-level, high-impact things, but they talk about it like, you know, it's it's no value at all. So it's really through skill articulation that we're able um, to really help position what the value that they do bring to these organizations in a way that really um, objectifies the value. Mm, I love that. I love that. Those are nuggets, I think, in gyms for anybody at any place in their career. Um, even in myself, I, I think it's funny now that I'm considered a seasoned professional, Lord Jesus. <laughs> However, I feel that those things are very much valuable, even at this level, just to hear that. And look, I want y'all to know too, out there, no matter where it is that you are, because I know there's different educational levels out there. This applies because if you're wanting to move forward, you're going to at some point have to leverage what your experience, your achievements, and everything that you've done to this point. You're going to have to use that to get to the next level. And it's important to start to articulate that now. And Dr. Ashley, you put that so eloquently. And so I want to move into this, our next level of professional. We've, We've talked about that entry level and we have a lot of those here, but we also have those middle level and those re I like to call them the reinventing level professionals, (laughs) because a lot of people are getting to a point in their profession where they're like, "Mm, I want to switch it up. Okay. Um, So how do they articulate these same skills and move up uh, to where they want to go? How do you see that? Yeah, I think that for mid and senior level professionals, it's all about um, ensuring that you don't stay stuck. So too often, um, you know, these professionals, they they are in a job that they enjoy. They they do work that they feel like is meaningful, but maybe they're overworked and underpaid. So they're finally doing the work that they care about, right? They're finally doing the work that they care about, but they're completely burnt out. They're completely overwhelmed. They're completely hmm. overworked. And so, um, you know, it's about not staying stuck there. It's okay to level up and then really like do meaningful work and and really be enjoying the work, but then the administrative slug or the paperwork slug, or just not being paid enough for the hours that you're putting in really have you burnt out. And so one of the things that I am talking uh, to mid and senior level women are about is how to career development roadmap, not get stuck where you Mm. are. Let's go ahead and roadmap for the next 90 days, the next six months and the next year. And then let's be intentional about the work process 
projects that we're taking on, what we're saying no to, what we're saying yes to, the committees that we're sitting on, the way we move through the organization so that we can make sure that we're making meaningful action towards our career-related goals. And I think the other thing that is true for mid-level professionals is that there is this glass cliff that um, women um, often get pushed out on. So when you're a mid-level professional or even a senior-level professional, you're doing the work. Everybody knows your name. You're, you're good at the work. You are positioning yourself as an expert. And so you get the hardest assignments. You get the projects that are nearly impossible. And you're proud to get them. You're hyped because you're like, yeah, they trust me. They believe in me. But what you're not recognizing, and I think where you can see a real pitfall, is that um, what happens is you get put out on an island. You've got this hard project. You don't have any resources. You don't have any money, no team. And they're like, good luck, sis. And then you're out there on a glass cliff that's going to break and drop you all the way down to the pits of basically hell. And so really what I want to encourage Mm. women in particular to do is to not get stuck on this glass cliff. Don't get pushed out there. Make sure that when you're taking on new projects, you're doing new work, that you're advocating for a team, that you're advocating for a budget, that you're advocating for support and leverage and access to the people who are decision makers at the organization so that you don't get pushed off a glass cliff. I certainly hope that you all are enjoying the show. We'll be right back after this quick break. We are back. Let's go ahead and dive right back into the second part of the show. Oh, amazing. Amazing. And I feel like we see that all too often. And I think you brought up, not I think you did, bring up a great point about the saying no. And I feel more specifically with our entry level and mid-level to senior level professionals, especially Black women, I feel that it is always this hardcore issue with saying no. I went through it myself. I went through it myself. But I will say that it's one of the most liberating things that I could have ever done in my career. How do you mentor people into the confidence to say no, stick with it, and also make moves within that? It's so funny that you asked this because... Increasingly, I'm getting um, like inquiries from women who own businesses, right? So entrepreneurs, budding entrepreneurs, and they want me to mentor them. And I'm always saying, you know, I don't really mentor entrepreneurs. You know, y'all be doing the most. I don't really have time. Um, you know, like I really have <laughs> women who have careers, you know, jobs and things. But increasingly, <laughs> I am like, you know, I'm doing some business development strategy with a couple of my mentees. And it's really interesting because they really struggle with saying no, right? And niching down. They really struggle with like, what is your niche? What are you like supposed to be focused on? Like, who are you serving? And one of the strategies that I leverage with them, um, those entrepreneurial women, and I would say that, you know, for career women, this is something you need to think about too, is that you need to focus on um, revenue generating activities, again, revenue generating activities. So particularly when I'm talking to entrepreneurs who are generating their own revenue, I'm like, girl, you spending time sending out specialized, personalized emails to, you know, all of your clients, you need to automate that or you need to delegate it to an ad, a virtual admin. So, because that's not generating revenue, you need to spend your time on marketing and communicating with existing clients because they're actually paying you. You're spending all of your time on marketing emails when 
this could be could be something that could be batched um, and rolled out on an automation, right? And so it's the same yes. for women in the world of work, right? So like, sis, you are on a million d- different um, diversity committees that are not part of your core responsibilities and y'all putting out programs Ooh. that one or two people are coming to and you're, and you're failing on your core responsibilities, but you're mad at your job because they don't see your value and your worth. So this may be true. And there are so many organizations who really struggle around equity and inclusion and justice related issues. But you also have to be meeting your core responsibilities and your core roles. And if you want those to be, for example, in equity and inclusion, then you need to ask for a job review so that you can have it be a part of your role so that you can really do it in excellence rather than doing it on the side. And so what I really want to encourage women to do is to focus on revenue generating activities or focus on goal related activities. If you set a goal within your organization this year, then most of your time should be spent on doing work that is advancing said goal, not doing side projects that don't align with your job responsibilities and will ultimately having you looking like the bad guy, um, like you're not doing your work and fulfilling your responsibilities. Mm, That's amazing. Ashley, (laughs) you said a word. I'm over here listening and taking that in as well. I can remember, and and you all know I like to tie advice into real world and also any type of research base or information into real world experiences. And I too have fallen victim of this, you know, and I, I feel like in the third and fourth year of my career, you know, trying to do all these committees and be on all these things and do all this community service. And then when people don't see the value in it, get upset, you know, um, even with business, you say that you're branching out into that and seeing how people are asking for your mentorship within entrepreneurship as well. It's the same thing. Like you said, you're just spinning wheels and not really making goals, uh, happen. You're not moving and shaking with the goals and you're allowing the things of others to get in your way. Why do you feel so many entry level, uh, mid-level and senior level professionals feel guilty, especially I'm going to break it down to, uh, women of color, but then further black women. Why do you think there's such a struggle with the, uh, we said that they don't say no, but why do you think it's the guilt connected to that? Why is there so much guilt to not creating your own emails and not automating things and not investing in yourself and hiring a uh, assistant or advocating for yourself to get the money to get clerical workers or things of that sort? Why do you think that happens? I think as it relates to, um, the challenge of not saying no is that we know it would be better if we just did it, right? Like we know the truth is if we just did it, it would be better. But we also won't honor the truth of our true bandwidth, right? And the true capacity and that we really can't do it all. Um, Or if we did do it all, we would have nothing left to give to ourselves, our friends, our family. And so we are are challenged with this like, you know, girl, this really would be better if I just did it myself. But we cannot do it ourselves. And so like for those entrepreneurs, right, for those, those you know, perfectionists, hashtag perfectionists, I really encourage you um, to think about what it means for things, something to be done um, rather than for something to be perfect, right? Um, and I like to um, focus my work and my, my lived experience on um, a commitment to excellence. So I really talk about like my commitment to excellence and you know, um, being intentional about excellence. Excellence does not mean perfect. 
excellence means intention. It's done with the intention of excellence. It's done with the intention of perfection. doesn't mean that it's always perfect, but it means that it's always excellent. It means it's always good. It means it's always like the spirit behind it is that. And I think that it, it's in that spirit that I'm able to be so successful. It's in that spirit that I'm able to be a good sister, a good soror, a good friend, a good girlfriend. It's not that I do it all of it great every day, but it's mm-hmm. I do something great every day. And then I get better every other day, right? Like every other day I'm always getting better. And it's my commitment to, con- it's in my commitment to continued excellence every day that makes how I show up in the world different than like a perfectionist that's burnt out and stressed out. All right. You are saying a word. Now I want to not switch gears, but build on this and talk more about (laughs) the, sometimes when you say the word boss, okay. The word boss has so many meetings, meanings for so many people. And I want to explore that. How do you, as an entry-level professional, come in and without knowing much about said boss, still become successful at these skills that you've expressed and that you mentor people on and, and find a way to break through with getting some equity, getting some, some happiness and also some common ground with this new boss that you may have? Yeah, I think the first step is that you really do have to get to know them. Um, I often tell my mentees, you can't leverage what you don't know, right? So you can't use something that you don't know. And so you really have to get to know your supervisor. And when I say that, I want you to know that that does not mean going to coffee and happy hour with this person. This means learning their patterns, what makes them tick, what they get excited about, uh, what they're impressed by, so that you can leverage that information to get what you want. And I want you to know that this is not a manipulation strategy. I'm not teaching you something to get over on the man. This is proven career development manage up strategy that is should be leveraged by professionals to really advance their careers. But it also should be used to advance organizations because when you do good, when you look good, when you're committed to the work, they will be also. And so I want you to know that you do have to get to know that person. Um, You need to watch how they move and how they shake. You need to know what they're impressed by. And one of the strategies that you can use for that is that you need to be meeting with your supervisor. I tell my mentees that you need to be meeting with your supervisor for at least 60 minutes every month without fail. There is no supervisor. There's no person who should be not able to meet with at least each of their direct reports for at least 60 minutes once a month. If you have one, then I want to meet you uh, because I I don't believe you. Like Everyone needs to be able to meet with their direct reports for at least 60 minutes every month. Um, And in my uh, Mentor Me Accelerator, there's an entire session about managing up. And I share the three very specific strategies that women need to use to get to know, to leverage their supervisors and to get what they want. And for most women, they want more visibility at work. They want a higher pay. They want um, a new promotion. They want a a better team. They want to be put on better projects. Uh, They want more autonomy. They want more support. And so helping women, one, identify what they want and then how to use manage up strategies to get what they want is a core component of uh, the mental me program. Mm, I love that. I love that. And I think something 
something that's essential here is also recognizing that your boss probably expects that of you. If they're a good boss, yeah, yeah. they expect that you're learning the ropes and you're using that to your advantage, but also that's advantaging them. So they want to broker that exchange, right? Yep, absolutely. And I love that you said that because I think that a lot of people, when I when I first talk to uh, people about managing up, they're like, ooh, Ashley, like, oh, this is, this is good, girl. Yeah, I'm going to get over. And I'm like, this is not about getting over. Like, your boss is actually looking for you to position yourself as the expert that you are. And they actually don't want to, like, handhold you. They either handhold because they're insecure or because you are. So just make sure it's not Mmm, they handhold because they're insecure or you are. Wow. Love that. I was blessed with a great boss. Uh, I, when I say was, she just retired my department chair. And I can say that that is everything you're saying is absolutely proven true in my life because we always met, we had on our calendar to meet weekly before pre-tenure. So I would meet with her weekly, at least 30 to 60 minutes per meeting. And then of course, as the baby got older, she was going in every other you know, week. That's me. Uh, but going in every other week to check in, to ask questions, to talk, those types of things. And, and that's how you really do build a core relationship. And also they get to see your skill sets as you move forward and move up. And they can also advise you on moves that you should make and moves that you probably should stay away from, yeah. from their own experience. And one thing I can, I can say too, from that relationship is it was a developmental model of mentorship as well, because one thing that was always said to me is in my time, um, I can remember certain things that I went through and that I chose to do, but those things might not work for you in this day and time and with the type of person that you are and the where you want to go with your um, career. Because I think we expect a lot of people to understand so much about us, but they haven't learned much about us and we haven't shown them much. So through that relationship and connection outside of just the common workplace, they get the idea of who you are, what you are, and what your ultimate goals are, which is essential. Yeah. And I tell women that in order for you to grow and develop your career, you need to be able to leverage your supervisor. And that's even true if you're on your way out the door, sis. Even if you're on your way out the door, you need to get to know this person and leverage them. Whatever you, however long you're going to be there, leverage them for that long so you can get what you want. And even if that, what you want is a strong letter of recommendation or, you know, uh, to, to, get your stuff out of your office before you kick in the dough. Like whatever it is you want to, you know, like get to know them enough to use that so you can, you can advance your career. That is amazing. Amazing. We definitely have to have you back, Ashley, because I feel like you are a wealth of knowledge and information. And I'm sure there will be questions after this. Now, my my next thing to ask you about is something that I say often about the people that I bring on. I'm not bringing on nobody I don't consider dope. So everybody I bring on, they embody that word dope, which for me stands for destined to obtain prosperity in everything. So can you let our audience know how through your work, you know that you embody dope and not only that, that you have translated that through your own skills, your own experience, and how you see yourself now in, in, in this present time. Um, the motto for Mentor Me is 
serve God, serve women. And it's through that motto and me living out that motto and that vision in my everyday work with women that I'm able to be hella dope <laughs> because I'm, 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 I know that I have, um, I've been privileged by God um, and I'm a believer. So um, I've been privileged by God to really improve the lives of women by helping them do work that they enjoy and have real impact in the world. And I take that responsibility very seriously. I am operating in excellence in every area of my life. At least that's my intention, right? And we talked about that a little bit before. And as I do that work, I'm getting better all the time. And so that's how I'm dope. And that's how I stay dope is that I'm constantly learning. I'm constantly growing. I'm constantly doing the hard work, asking the hard questions, um, centering vulnerability in my practice so that I can best show up for myself, um, for the father and for the women I serve. I absolutely adore that. Amazing and well put. And it did fit with your motto, so well, so well. And so Ashley, before we go, I love to ensure that our guests make sure that they make known to the audience where they can be found and what's the best way to contact you should they want to. Um, and further, just any of your website information or things that are very pertinent to new listeners and, and old listeners the same. Could you tell us where to find you? Of course, if you are a professional women, and even if you're an entrepreneur, you can contact me at my website at mentor-me.org. That's M-E-N-T-O-R-me.org. You'll find me there and you can um, simply click start here. Um, and this will be a great opportunity for us to hop on a phone call, for me to learn more about you, for me to understand how I can best serve you and mentor you into the life and career and business that you desire. Um, I am accepting new mentees right now. So I'm really excited to be able to connect with your audience, Nina, um, and serve them at a high level. You can also find me on Instagram and Twitter at Ashley Ashire. That's A-S-H-L-E-Y-A-S-S-H-I-R-E. That's Ashley Ashire. Um, and that's a great way to connect with me. I'm very active on um, Instagram and Twitter. I'm always sharing career development strategy, always sharing my personal story and always helping women win. Wonderful, Ashley. We are happy to know where to find you. And I'm definitely going to make sure that all of this information is placed in the show notes. So any of those pertinent links, so you guys can link with her and find out more about her business, what she offers and all the things that she has told us today because they're mind blowing. And these are things you need to know. I don't care what industry you're in. These are things you need to know, study, and learn. And often you need the right push in the right directions and goals and experience to help you get there. So thank you once again, Dr. Ashley, for being here. We appreciate your time. We appreciate you being here. And we definitely would love to hear from you in the future. So we will keep an eye out for all things Dr. Ashley, School in Life, and Mentor Me. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you all so much for listening. No problem. I promise y'all that was one of the funnest episodes and just one of those episodes where I feel like the topic is so needed across the board 
we speak so much about our desires and the will to work and the will to succeed and the will to excel. But many of us don't think about the process who we need to really show our allegiances to, how we work with different people, and how we work our way up to where it is we want to go, no matter what it is that we're doing. And I'm so happy that Dr. Ashley came on to set the record straight on that. I had a great time and I learned so much myself. So I'm hoping that you all received a lot of those jewels that were brought in, that were given to us on this episode. And I feel just so honored that that was the topic. And I felt I feel like I know much. I feel anew and and I feel rejuvenated there. So that's all for today, you all. Stay tuned for more. Subscribe to know when I post my next episode and sign up for my free e-newsletter at drninaellishervey.com. And you'll also receive my free eight-day supernatural course. You can also find me on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Beautiful Brown Baby Doll. Again, thank you for the love for the entire tribe over on YouTube of almost or over 1.1 million. I cannot believe y'all supporting me like that, but I'm thankful. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, and continue to tune in, listen up, listen in, and I'll continue to bring you what it is you're asking for and even more. So thanks again. You all make sure you stay safe, keep yourself healthy, keep your head on straight, and we'll be back. Dr. Nina signing out. Peace.